Hey, this is Alex, and you're tuned into the Market Adventures Podcast. It's Wednesday, December 16th, and in this episode, we talk about IPOs and what I see as the best approach to trading and investing in newly IPOing companies. The stock market is a melting pot of personalities, mindsets, and financial maturities. IPOs seem to attract a particular kind of person to the market. But before we talk about that, what are some of the key traits that successful investors have in common? Why do some people get wealthy through investing while others don't? Can you learn to develop the skills and traits it takes to become a successful investor and entrepreneur? Well, to find out the answer to all these questions, consider buying my Stock Market 101 course. If you love the show, you will love this course. As a student, you'll get unlimited access to a two-hour, three-part webinar teaching you how to get started in the stock market immediately. I also give you a personal investing plan template to help you design your strategy as well as a number of other educational resources. You can get the full three-part course for just $19 at gum.co slash learn stocks. If you order the course for yourself or someone you care about before January 1st, I'll personally help you develop your 2021 strategy on a one-hour call with me. So lately on the street, there's been a big IPO buzz the last couple of days. Uh, They're focused mostly on those companies. They refer to them as unicorns, which are essentially startup companies that have reached a private valuation of more than a billion dollars. So the hype most recently most recently has been around Airbnb, uh, DoorDash, and AI. Now, the reality, right, because we want to jump right into this, these three tips. The reality is, even with all these companies, even with DoorDash and Airbnb, two companies I really, really love, every single person out there is speculating. There is... The this lifespan of these companies have been so short that people who are investing on this, investors and the media, they're heavily speculating on the the true value of these companies, right? This this looks a lot like, and this I, I'm saying this uh, reluctantly, um, and try to be careful as well. It looks a lot like the dot com boom, like so the crash. From that boom is nowhere near possible right now, so the the fear is not there, but the situation and the environment is surely there, right? The hype to invest, right? A lot of people now have access to investing with little to no commissions. Um, the advent of having all of these apps to trade and invest, like everybody wants to invest right now, and they have the ability to. And there's almost little to no cost to invest outside of the, the the amount you're investing. So people are really interested in it. So there's a big hype around it. And in addition to that, people are in a rush to list their companies. We saw Nikola. Nikola's listed and they don't even have a real product. But people were jumping in and out of Nikola like it was an actual you know profitable company. So this whole thing is is looking a lot like that that era, right? That dot com boom era. So I just want to give you guys three tips. I want to give you all three tips if you are looking at this, uh, getting your toes into this whole buzz. Um, first tip: do your research. 
they the companies do release an S1 filing when they're ready to to be listed. And in that S1 filing, it has a bunch of great, great information, both past information and also what the company projects for the future. But this one tip, this first tip is not about the S1 filing. That's actually the second tip. This first tip is about doing your own individual research before the S1 filing. Get an idea for the company and the industry it's in and look at the the competitors, right? If a social media app wanted to 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 come out right now, you would have to try to compare it to, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and all those other companies because the reality of it is whatever it does does, it's entering this space. So Look at the company's longevity. Um, is it supported by the research that's published in the S1 or based on the hype that people are getting it? Does it really make logical sense to you based on the things that you've noticed? How's it going to pay attention to, to how's it going to do compared to the industry leaders? And in addition to that, you want to listen to what the management team is saying. Like what's, what are their specific words, right? These people have lawyers at the wazoo. What are they saying and what are they being careful not to say? So some of the, a lot of these things are are done outside of doing looking at the S1 filings. Now, tip number two is using the S1 filings. But again, looking for red flags. We know what they're going to say. If they're filing for an IPO, we know what they're going to say. Everything's looking great. Everything's going good right now. And for the future, we think we're going to do great. But look deep into the S1 filings for red flags like, what are they raising their money for? If they say something like, you know, we're going to do really well in the future, we have great projections, but we need to raise this money to pay off our debt, that's a big red flag. Any company that's raising money to pay off debt cannot be doing that great, right? Now, if they're raising money for growth, for future growth, then you know that they're not, you know, tied up with debt, or even if they have debt, they're not worried about debt because their revenue projections will cover the debt. If they're in, you know, raising this money for growth, that's a good thing. Now, another red flag, another thing to look for is what are their future goals like, right? They can have growth projections, but if they're just completely ridiculous, like a social media comes, company subs out and says, hey, we want to take on Facebook. Well, I mean, great. But how realistic is that? And if they say we want to be better, bigger than Facebook in the next five years, yeah, you could know that they're BSing. I mean, it's possible, yes, because Facebook wasn't always there. But you got to look at the realistic terms and the, the tonage they're using in the S1 filings. Is it possible? Are they overpromising? Because another thing that'll happen is if they overpromise and underdeliver, that will absolutely kill the shares value in the future. So you could be getting into this thing, riding it up, and they miss their projections or they now change their projections from, oh, we'll beat Facebook in five years to we'll beat them in 15 years. That will kill the shares value and destroy some of your equity. Look for those red flags, right? Pessimism is healthy when dealing with securities, right? Whenever you're trading or investing in securities, whenever you're trading or investing in real estate, whenever you're doing anything, that has to do with investing and money, pessimism is good, right? You want to uh, do as much due diligence as possible. Not to the point of paralysis, of course, but you want to do your due diligence because you want to make sure that everything is a, everything that you can see is lined up. Now, if all these things go well and you buy the company and it ends up doing poorly, then okay. 
but you did your due diligence, right? You went through every possible thing that you could have within reason and you made a decision, right? Everything that you could control, you did control. Hey everyone, just wanted to give a quick shout out to one of our sponsors because without them, this show wouldn't be possible. This episode was sponsored by Digit, the one app for all your goals. Digit helps you save, invest, pay off debt, and even prevent overdraft fees. With Digit guiding your money to your goals each day, you'll reach them faster and feel at peace along the way. Search thesavings.club. That's thesavings.club. Or click the link in the description. You'll get a free $5 to get your savings started. Now, number three. The lockup period. A lot of people don't know about the lockup period. The lockup period is essentially an agreement between the people who are insiders in the company, so investors, people who work for the company, people on the board, people who know um, the inner details of the company that may or may not be shared with a regular public, them and the underwriters, so essentially the big bank that's creating the market for it, the market maker, they have an agreement and a contract, a law-buying contract under SEC law that says that nobody can sell their shares of the stock within at least 90 days. Now, the market maker or the underwriter, the big bank, they can choose to make that lock appear longer. They can make it longer than 90 days. But three months is the minimum under law that they have to hold on to their shares. Now, a, a tip is to wait until this is over. Maybe, you know, you wait those three months. And if you can't wait three months for something, then you're obviously jumping into this because you have FOMO. And that's another reason why you shouldn't even be looking at IPOs. If you're trying to get into IPOs because you have FOMO, you shouldn't even be looking at them. So this third tip is to wait until that lock period is over. If after those three months you see some serious insider selling, huge volume, no bid, the bid goes, you know, the bid is gone. There's nobody bidding up the stock. There's a huge amount of volume on the stock going in the opposite direction. That means insiders are dumping the stock, which means they understand something about the future of the company that the rest of us don't know. And they're trying to get rid of it after the market was created. Because you got to, what I want you to understand and I want you to see is, the whole IPO um, theater, right? The idea behind the market makers and the companies working together is to create a market for this company's shares, right? The, they are supposed to hype it up. They're supposed to release meet news. They're supposed to make everybody water at the mouth to get this thing. So when the market is created and there's a lot of demand amongst the, the, the retail and other investors, when the shares go up, insiders, whether or not they actually believe in the hype, 
they can make a profit by selling it to the market that was created. And when I say market, I mean the demand, right? When you're creating a market for something, you're creating a demand for it. You're getting people hyped up about it who want to spend money. And that money coming in is demand. And then that's where you unleash or you dump your supply on them, right? That's how you take your profits out and you drive the share price down. So this lockup period, just look at the direction that Airbnb and DoorDash have taken in the last couple of days since they IPO'd, right? What direction are they going in? Even Airbnb went up a little bit and came right back down, right? So what they're going down, right? Insiders aren't even selling yet, and they're already going down because the, the demand is not quite there. The valuations are super, super high. So what do you think is going to happen three months from now when insiders who got the shares at a lower price than the rest of us, right? The price right now is not what insiders paid for. They paid much lower. What do you think they're going to do in three months? Now, I'm not trying to predict the future here, but look at the history of IPOs. And if you don't want to look, I'll tell you, Uber took a year and a half to get above its IPO price, which means anybody who bought it a year and a half ago on the day it was released and they really jumped into it because, you know, they use Uber every day. They think Uber's going to go up and they're really excited. And Uber went down for a year and a half. So unless they kept their position for those, you know, um, 18 months, unless they kept their position for those 18 or 19 months, they would have lost money. They would have had to kept, keep that position until now to finally see any amount of profit. So, again, it's not about, it's not so much about, Hey, don't, but it's about patience, right? The pro tip or the secret tip number four is patience is key, right? I wanted Uber. I believe Uber's going to be around. I don't think anyone's going to take a taxi again, to be honest with you. So I think Uber, that idea of ride sharing is going to be around for a long time. Even though Uber is not profitable yet, once they figure out, figure out profitability, they have a niche that they're going to be in for a long, long time. I wanted Uber. I wanted Uber when it first IPO'd. I went around and found a bunch of companies that invested in IP invested in Uber before it IPO'd, right? And realistically, like I just had to be patient. The stock came down to around the tw- in the twenties. Now it's in the fifties. I just had to be patient. People bought it in the high forties when it IPO'd. That would have been me, and I also had a chance to now get it in its twenties. So if you're patient. More times than not, that IPO company is going to come to you. Now, this is what I want you to, I want you to really take this part from me really, 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 really deeply. In the majority of the cases, IPO shares, the value of the shares for the company typically will depreciate, right? Will discount from the original IPO price. It will come down. So people jumping into it to try to jump on that early that early volatility that early price movement because they want to you know, they want to catch it in catch it on the ground floor they want to um they think it's going to go up forever so they want to get in right away because it's going to only can go up from here those people are gambling because if a majority of the time the IPO share values come down initially, right, maybe not in the first couple of days or the first couple of weeks, but over the course of a couple of months, it goes below the IPO price before it comes back up. If typically that happens and you're trying to bet against that by getting in early, 
then you're gambling, not investing. And if you're gambling, you shouldn't be in the stock market. You should be at a casino. You should be at a sports betting place. You should be on DraftKings. But if you are looking to be a serious investor and trader and to grow your account and to become wealthy, I guarantee you Warren Buffett didn't buy Airbnb stock or DoorDash stock when it first, when it first came out. I bet he didn't buy Uber or Apple stock. When it, he definitely didn't buy Apple stock when it first came out, right? Patience is the magic key when it comes to IPOs, right? Establish a demand. Watch the tape. Watch the charts. Watch the volume. See where the insiders are by looking at the massive amounts of volumes and the fluctuations. Be patient. Wait for the IPO price to come to you. There's nothing wrong in being late. Right, Being late is okay. You may lose a small amount of profit, but being too early can maximize the amount of losses you have. Right, So when it comes to IPOs, one, do your research outside of the S1 filings. Two, dive into the S1 filings and look for red flags. And three, wait for that lockup period to end. Around 90 days, three months, wait for that lock appear to end to see where the real value of the company is because now the insiders get to decide whether they want to keep the shares or sell their shares. you enjoyed this episode and i encourage you to leave your feedback in the form of a five star review and thank you so much for listening i've been your host alex cunningham and be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening today i also encourage you to try my stock market course if you're looking for a new way to get started in the market and remember don't ask for security seek adventure adventure